0: on a saturday night live from the quest of oak island studios hello 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 on this rainy saturday night here where i live and we also have judy from canada hello judy
1: hi john hi everybody good to be here as always
0: yep this is our regular saturday night show on a little bit on the later side when the season starts. We're usually on about 7 p.m., but maybe we'll keep this time. Judy, I don't know. What do you guys think?
1: Well, I'm certainly okay with me. Um, We'll have to find out what the others think.
0: Yep, until they uh, pile in here. we got to give them time to see the notifications that I'm on, and give them time to find me, Judy. Yeah,
1: I haven't found you yet either, John.
0: Yep. Hello, Linda. You can see me, hear me, and hear Judy, Linda. And Cindy's in the house. The regulars are in the house.
1: I got you now.
0: Daniel can see Judy, uh, can hear Judy, the professor. Can you see me? Can you see the video? Me, loud and clear.
1: Hi, John. I see you really good.
0: Hello, Stu. Loud and clear. Nancy's in the house, so we're good to go. Judy, it seems like we're good to go right now.
1: Good. <laughs> Don't breathe too hard.
0: Yep, a lot of big storms are coming in at my end uh, very shortly, so if I get cut out, you know, I'll keep you posted. If I can't get on, I'll always call Judy, and she'll try to contact the group. If I can't contact, you know what I mean, uh, Judy?
1: Yeah, exactly. Now, they're calling for some here, too, by 9 o'clock, so we'll see what happens.
0: Yep, hello, Virginia. On the YouTube site is all good. we got... Virginia checking me out on YouTube. I love this crew. They know what to do, Judy. They know what to do.
1: (laughs) They're getting used to us, John. Thank you, Cindy. She says she uh, likes to hear my voice.
0: Yep, we got that straightened out, I hope. And the professor says a new post coming tomorrow. Lordy, lordy, forty with the professor. He's fantastic with them posts. I appreciate you so much, uh, Daniel.
1: He's a busy guy.
0: Yep, all right, let's do my uh introductions here. First of all, I gotta thank all my paid YouTube members on the quest of Oak Island Templars the soldiers, the captains, and the commanders, and our grand master. I gotta thank uh Sand Dollar, Barbara, Todd, Renee, Roxy, Mike, Annette, the other Annette, Jazdia, Wayne, Starlene. And also, Judy and Barbara, Daniel and Mike, for their extra support. And Judy's on the line live, and I always tell her, I appreciate you 100% how you support me and the channel, Judy.
1: You're welcome, John. It's all my heart. I love it.
0: And also, our soldiers that also contribute are Scott and Ken and Curtis and Michelle and Dana and Josh and Virginia, Jean, Cindy, And Becky, I thank you so much, guys. I thank you so much. And don't forget, if you got something that inspired you from the Oak Island series, please send it to Renee Tuttle and I'll show it to the world. If it's a cake or if it's something you made or if it's a necklace or something, whatever it is, send it to Renee. She's in charge of that. And, uh... We love to see what you guys make and do. You know what I mean, Judy?
1: Yeah, we sure do. And we never know what's coming, but uh, I, I always look forward to
0: it. Yep. I got to thank my moder- moderators. I hope Tammy's doing okay. I haven't heard from her. You got Judy, Renee, Michelle, Daniel, and Starlene. <clears throat> Starlene helps out a lot. Daniel's with his post. Michelle, obviously, on the trivia night, I don't know how she does those points, uh, Judy. I have no idea.
1: I don't know either. She's better with numbers than I am.
0: Yep, and we got Judy and Tammy. Also, our call-in number is 1-323-813-4135. When you see it scrolling on the bottom of the screen, that's when you call in. You text us first in chat. Judy will get off the line. I'll accept your call. And then Judy will come back to just let us know prior to calling. Right, Judy?
1: Right. That sounds good to me.
0: Also, I want to welcome all my Quest of Oak Island Facebook group members, my YouTube channel members, and also my listeners on Anchor Host with our podcasts, which are audio, Judy. And it's uh, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public Pocket cast, overcast, breaker, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and listen notes. We have over two hundred uh, listeners listen around the world, Judy.
1: Jeez, John, don't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> Hello, Tom Burns. Hello, Valerie. And you know what's you know what took over on the podcast on me? Twenty-five percent of our podcast audio are on Apple podcast i like that so much because they got i don't know a billion listeners a million millions i don't know but apple podcast is our number one over 30 uh, percent of our listeners are on apple podcast can you imagine that
1: oh wow i can't john it's unbelievable to me
0: from uh, south africa to germany to new york to all over places oh my god and then when I press on New York, it tells me the cities that people are listening. So, we're get we're getting out there.
1: As old world.
0: We're getting out there. Yep. And tonight, we're going to do a little thing, uh, courtesy of. Uh, I found on the History Channel that um, they were showing lots and they were showing what they found on those lots and the date and what artifact they found. So I thought it would be interesting to go over what they showed from the History Channel And see us as members, if we can add to it, if we remember, and sort of update it on each find. What do you think, guys?
1: Good idea, yes.
0: Because usually when they post something on their webpage or their homepage, we already know about it months ago. You know what I mean?
1: Right, exactly. Well, I guess it doesn't uh, hurt to go over it and be reminded.
0: Yep. Hello, watchers on YouTube. Thanks for coming in Saturday night live. So let's get this going. Let me see here. Hold on, guys. You know me with my buttons. All right. They have a couple of things in Smith's Cove. Ready, guys? Ready. They're showing the box drain. Those two boulders pinched together. I hope everybody can see it.
1: Yes, it's good.
0: Uh, ready? A possible entrance to one of the five stone box drains was discovered at Smith's Cove. These drains were first discovered in 1850 by the Trullo Company and may have fed into one tunnel meant to fill the money pit with water as a booby trap. Hello, Barbara Perry, our other big supporter. I thank you so much for coming in. So it was a box drain. That was number one. And number two was the big old slipway, Judy. I'm still astonished on the non-discoveries of anything in Smith's Cove. It still boggles my mind that we barely found anything, you know, besides the lead cross when they tore that whole Smith's Cove apart. You know what I mean, Judy?
1: Right. Yeah, no artifacts to speak of, really. Just a handful. I thought there'd be more.
0: The discovery of beams date back to 1771, two decades before the first discovery of the money pit, suggests there was activity in Smith's Cove earlier than first thought. Tests reveal the wood beams predate the discovery of the money pit by more than two decades. But who built the slipway and why? This is where we're putting the puzzle together. And, of course, Judy, the U-shaped structure?
1: Would be nice to know who put them there, wouldn't it?
0: Yep. In 1970, a U-shaped structure was discovered by treasure hunter Dan Blankenship after creating a cofferdam around Smith's Cove. The structure was notched in every four feet and features a different Roman number. Hedroecology dated the wood structure to 1769. And then we had a discussion, well, did they just cut down old trees? Did they use wood from ships, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean, Judy?
1: Right, yeah. Again, we don't know.
0: And that's why when I ask a cast member when we have them on the show, this is all ongoing. You know what I mean? right i can't say john because we're still searching okay we're still looking okay we have to put something to something we have to have a part a with a question with part a with an answer it's about time like i said before and i've said this many times judy to the people and our members we need to check off things to say okay this means a lot this means nothing Let's move on. We're not going back to it. There's nothing here. And move on. We never get an answer like that, Judy.
1: No, we don't. They leave us hanging all the time.
0: Because why can't they say, we're done with Smith's Cove, and that's it. You know what I mean? They did all the details, layered, marked everything down. They reburied everything. There's just nothing more to search. On Smith's Cove. I'm just talking Smith's Cove. No, I'm not talking the Money Pit. I'm not talking the Cross. I'm not talking uh, Nolan's Cross or the Swamp. I'm just talking about Smith's Cove. What do you think, guys?
1: Yeah, every once in a while, they refer to Smith's Cove like they might go back there. I don't know.
0: The only thing I would think of that they want to go back towards that section, Judy, is to find near the uplands where they dug that dip, uh, deep pit and they found that wood structure uh, down in that deep pit that Rick went down in the bucket. You know what I mean? You know what I remember?
1: Yes, I remember that well. Yes.
0: So they would have to get a re-permit to dig on the uplands to further search that looked like wood to me. It looked like a tunnel with wood cribbing. What do you think, guys?
1: It did. It certainly did. I can't forget it because my heart was in my throat while Rick was in that bucket.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but as far as Smith's Cove is concerned, I think that's a done issue.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: But then you have like that guy Stevenson that comes on and tries to evaluate the code again, encrypt the code, and all of a sudden says, well, you have to go 40 feet this way uh, 250 feet this way at an angle of 55 degrees and this is where the spot is if somebody comes up with something like that they just use the sonic drill system go to that area and in the sausage tube if they pull up all all kinds of coins gold and silver well that's the spot to dig you know what i mean judy
1: right for sure yeah wish they'd find one of those
0: I know, but I'm just saying now they just drive the drill to wherever there's a spot or X and just check it out. That's all they have to do. Right. Yep, Virginia, check it out. But uh, Smith's Cove. And they found this hinge at Smith's Cove. Gary Drayton discovered a wrought iron hinge that is similar to the decorative hinges discovered on Fred Nolan's property. I remember they found a hinge on Fred Nolan's property at one time. I forgot what the episode was. I tried to find it, guys, but I couldn't find it. It was in a small test pit area that they found a the hinge. I don't know if you remember that also, Judy. I'm not sure.
1: I'm, I'm not sure if I do.
0: Tests conclude that it dates between the early 1600s to the 1700s. and could be a hinge meant for a very thick door, or they got to put this in there, Judy. Could be a hinge to what? A chest. Yeah, they got to put them trigger words in, treasure chest.
1: <laughs>
0: Those trigger words, treasure chest, the gold, tons of gold, glistening. Yeah, Linda, behind his home, I remember them uh, dusting off and finding a hinge. I tried to look for it before I came on, but I couldn't find it. And of course, the French drains in Smith's Cove. This human-made drainage system implies an ancient method of rock placement that controls water flow without pumps. Or pipes. Yeah, there was a dump site there, yeah, where they dug up and found a lot of pieces of uh, pottery and plates. But this was a different spot where they found a hinge. I'll have to try to look it up, and I'll post it on the Quest page when I find it. But uh, for some reason, some days I can find things quick, Judy. I I understand.
1: I remember the hinge. I just can't picture when it was found.
0: Yeah. And then some days I can pick something up in a second. And some days like today, when you want to find it, who the heck knows what it is. Right. (laughs) The face of America. Hello. Whatever your name is. I can't remember if if you do say it. And Tom Burns. Treasure chest sounds way more exciting than a cabin door. I'm not saying nothing, Tom. (laughs) We got to have them trigger words, Tom. Yep, Cindy, it's probably a long, long list. But does it have the pictures like this here? You know, I mean, I like to show pictures. My brain is so burnt, I need pictures, I need photos, and a little bit of text because I'm all burnt out. I don't know if Wikipedia has pictures of all this like I'm showing. It'll say who and what is on the show and tell what it is, but do they have a picture of each artifact. That's what I like, Judy.
1: Yes, I'd like it too, John, because it really uh, boosts my memory.
0: Yep. So the French drain. And, of course, the biggie. I think if they did not find this lead cross, I don't think they would have even put a cofferdam on Smith's Cove, uh, Judy.
1: I agree, John. hundred percent. That was deep find.
0: Yep. You know, I say this uh, lead cross changed the direction of Oak Island and Aaron Helton's deciphering of Xena's Map are the two biggest things that change the direction of the show, in my opinion. You know, you look for, like, two things that would change the direction of the show.
1: I agree,
0: John, 100%. And then Cindy says, yes, it shows every picture and a bit of text. So, not ready
1: There you go, John.
0: There you go. Yep, Tom, it was a finding point for a cross, was a turning point for history. Yep, Consider it one was. of the biggest finds, this lead cross was discovered at Smith's Cove. Testing showed that the material in the lead is from southern France and dates back to the 1300s or 1400s. This artifact supports the theory that the Knights Templar may be involved. And spoon or silver, right? Right, Daniel. That, that was a big turning point. The lead cross... You know,
1: John, I, I saw an article today, and there was a man saying he believes that Oak Island is all a hoax. How can somebody look at that cross and read the information and still believe it's a hoax?
0: There are always uh, people, and if you don't believe... It doesn't matter what you say and show them. That's their narrative. You know what I mean? Right. You know, like I say, I tell you guys all the time, believe in your dreams. If you have a lot of negativity, that's not good. Of course, you got to listen to both sides. And no matter what you do or say, you can't convince them. But just go by your heart. Go by your soul. Right. If you believe, don't let anybody change you. Not unless it comes out as a fact and it says on the back of it made in China or something, then okay, you're right, you know what I mean?
1: Exactly. Tom Burns says when the cross was dropped or placed is not as important as where it came from. That's so right.
0: Correct old Tom. Very correct. Very correct. So what else was at Smith's Cove before we go to the money pit in Borough Hole C1? Spikes. They found a lot of spikes in the Smith's Cove, right?
1: Yes, they did.
0: They found uh, that other wharf out of the kickout of that 50-foot kickout.
1: That's right, to it. Yeah, they did.
0: Oh, uh, hello, Jenny. You're never late. What else did they find at Smith's Cove?
1: Is that where they found the ring as well? The ring that turned out not to be anything. But
0: no, that I was that. Uh, that was at the swamp.
1: Was it? Oh, okay.
0: So there wasn't much at Smith's Cove they can really uh, look into. But we we know Dan Blankenship found stuff there, and it's in the museum. I'm not going to mention all the pieces. We'll be here forever. But I'm just saying on the current Curse of Oak Island program, what we have seen and what they have told us that they found was not much at Smith's Cove. You know what I mean, guys? And Ken, the road... Was in the swamp? The tar paper around the uh, dock. Yep.
1: Yeah, they did. I remember that. Yep,
0: the tar paper around the outside. The concrete wall with the two plastic tubes coming out. What does that tell you? PVC tubes. So, you know, that's modern those two rubber tubes right and gary yes linda gary did show the dye coming out when they were digging there at the uh smith's cove we had the dye coming out of the swamp but we're not there yet the uh, face of america we're still discussing uh Smith's Cove. I just put that up there because then the next section is about the the money pit in borehole C1.
1: Tom Burr says he thinks the concrete was from Dunfield.
0: Probably, probably
1: makes sense.
0: Yep, he did a lot of work there. where they dynamited uh, the three holes above Smith's Cove to stop the water from coming in. They dynamited a a lot of uh, four or five or six holes. Remember that? And they blew it up and they said the uh, water boiled in the money pit. So a lot of things have been done there. What about about, um, any artifacts I'm thinking of? And the professor says, because the cross came from Templar country, they suggest either they or someone affiliated with them dropped it there. Some suggest they made have washed up there. The statistically odds of that are highly unlikely but not impossible. Right on, right. Professor. Right on. Right. You know, of all the scan and the metal detecting they've done in that island, for them to find their lead cross now, not now, a couple of seasons ago, yeah. just, it just came up from the bottom, you know, how it washes up. Right. A lot of people were there, Linda. A big turnover on the little Oak Island Island. A lot of people there doing a lot of different things. Depositors, searchers, pirates, Templars, Freemasons, Micmac, a lot of people. Hello, Darlene's in the house.
1: Hi, Darlene.
0: A lot of people on that island doing a lot of things. And that's why we have such a huge puzzle. A multinational effort. Yes, professor. And also, they also picked up after him better than I ever knew anybody could. As far as so many different people doing so many different things on that island, and for it to be picked clean, you know, except for we found some ox shoes, Seems just unbelievable to me. You know what I mean, guys?
1: Yeah, for sure, John. Like it was done on purpose, too.
0: It just boggles my mind. All righty. Now the next section, they're going to the money pit area in Borough Hole C1. There you go, face of uh, America. An underground camera captured video footage of a mysterious shiny object that could be gold. Divers were unable to locate and identify the object, and it still remains a mystery as of today. That gold shiny thing, when they put the sewer camera down there, when they just did the six-inch hole, has boggled my mind forever. And then when they put a when Vanessa put a canister in there, a case on in there. And showed all those objects around the edge. And my friend Mike Huntley went down in the caisson. And we came up with nothing. That whole story of C1 has me spooked.
1: Me too, John. I hope they go down again.
0: I mean, we like to have physical things. This is not something that they found on a map. This is not something they found in... 180 different people writing books about. This is objects we saw on a camera. And then the video of the beginning of season eight, Mike Huntley showed the video of maybe some other gold little triangles in the wall, but on the bottom, those things that were shown to us, all of a sudden we have nothing. You know what I mean, guys out there? You know what I mean, Judy?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And why they don't go back and and look really good, I don't know. Drives me crazy.
0: It It was just wild. You'd think they would come up with some of that stuff, but that's all we got was a sack of mud. And Daniel says, where there's smoke, there's fire. (laughs) But C1, I always harped on my six years, seven years, eight years on here. Once in a while, I'll put up the, uh, the photograph of all the things they saw down there, like chain links and covers. They say it's shadows and this and that. Always got me crazy.
1: Yes, it really, that is the one thing that, if they don't find
0: out what's there, it will haunt us forever. Yep. And then, of course, we're not talking about the wash table where they found the heel of the boat, boot, um, some uh, rose spikes, uh, things from the spoils. They're just talking about the money pit here. But, you know, you guys know about all the spoils on the wash table. That Jack has found a lot of things in the spoils from the money pit area. You know what I mean, Judy?
1: Yes. Quite a bit of stuff, really.
0: And Darlene says, I firmly believe that C1 has some type of gold relic embedded in there. It certainly appears to be something man made out of gold. We just gotta find it. We just gotta find it. In here, 17th century, ten of coins. Gary Drayton found these two King Charles II coins from the 17th century. They were minted in the 1600s, which is more than a hundred years before the discovery of the money pit in 1795. A lot of people drop a lot of things. People have a lot of things in their pockets for 225 years. They drop out or they throw them or what the heck they're doing. Um, You know, obviously the loss because they dropped out of their pocket or whatever. You know what I mean, Judy?
1: Right. And, you know, John, that that shows, uh, I I watched Gary Drayton's um, page, and the stuff he finds is unbelievable. So you know people are constantly dropping stuff.
0: Yep. Yep. And the professor says, Judy, haunt is an interesting word. A lot of reports say many workers thought the island was haunted. Yep.
1: Funny,
0: <laughs> yep. Even a cast member, um, heard words at the swamp area. That's all I'm going to tell you. That heard voices that only he would know across the swamp. I'm just going to leave that there.
1: Okay, I'd like to go and find out for myself.
0: Tom Burns, C1 made Charles happy. Wonder why he hasn't been pushing harder to go back, or maybe the Keeper of Secrets confirmed what he already knew. The Masons are protecting the treasure. That's what I'm getting from Tom's vibe here. Well, yeah. let's go look over here. and They're getting too close over there. That's another theory. But I think he wants to find it as much as anybody else.
1: Oh, I think so, too.
0: You know, after a while. All of a sudden, if they find the treasure and Charles disappears, uh, then we know he was the protector. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Barb says she needs, I agree, She need. they need to invest more in C1. Yep. Why do you think it's the only canister or caisson left? Out of all the caissons they did, they only kept one caisson Valid. All the rest are backfilled. You know which one that is?
1: I'm taking it at C1.
0: Correct the mundo. C1. So,
1: they'll go back, John. They will.
0: Well, right now, like Daniel says, we're into Spooner Silver. And C1 had the highest concentration of silver in the water. So... Who knows?
1: Yes, Tom, finish it for Dan and David for sure.
0: Yep, they want to put that scanning device down 180 feet, reline 10X, and look for voids at depth. That means instead of looking for voids with scanners on top of the uh, pad on 10X, let's look for voids and scan below depth at 180. And have the scanner looking around for uh, anomalies don't you think so judy
1: oh uh, i think so yeah definitely they've certainly got to go deeper
0: yep because obviously they haven't found anything what they're digging to the depth now so either like i tell you guys i hate to repeat myself over and over but we haven't found anything The bits and pieces that we found are probably from the solution channel, moving things around at 170 feet. It's either, number one, we are not in the right area. And number two, just not deep enough, period. In the same area, I'm saying, you know, it's either not there, it's in a different area of the island, or just not deep enough.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: I mean, what else can it be?
1: There isn't anything more, John, that it could be.
0: I mean, if I was there and invested, well, one more time, if we can't do the big dig and dig the whole thing out, all these drill holes, all these shafts, all these testing holes, and you come up with nothing, wrong spot, not deep enough. That's all I can think of. I mean, there's no no other there's no other explanation for me to either research that any more than that. Yup, Daniel. In Gale One, we found a gold-plated button. Gary Drayton's discovery of a gold-plated military officer's button joins other military finds as evidence that Oak Island subterranean structures and anomalies would be the work of the 18th century British military. Yep, we're coming up with a lot of military type of buttons, Judy.
1: Yes, quite a few. Definitely there the military was there for sure.
0: Yep, and Barbara says 110% believe there's a force on that island that keeps people from finding that treasure. It's just unbelievable. Yep, there's something going on after a while. Purple wood found in the money pit. Borehole H8. Okay. You remember that?
1: I do very clearly. Still fascinates
0: me, the color. And Darlene says she was down by Oak Island last Thursday. It was a beautiful day to go for a ride on the motorcycle with friends. We stopped and had lunch at the Mug and Anchor. No sightings of any cast members. I suspect that it was a beautiful day, and they would be best to work on the island. Yep, We're, we know they're there, Darlene. You just didn't catch them.
1: Thank you, darling. I'm
0: really jealous now. A shard of purple stained wood was discovered in the same borehole as a vegetable tan leather bo- bookbinding and scraps of parchment. The wood color resembles Tyron Blue, a dye used by the royalty and church documents. It's likely the wood was stained by a vegetable dye and maybe a fragment of bookbinding that the parchment was once part of. Wow. Part of the book binding. I was thinking that, too, Linda, if it was part of the dye they put in the shafts when they were looking for the way it would leak out.
1: That could be. I never thought of that. I agree, Daniel. Something was going on, and uh, perhaps it's time that we found it.
0: Yup, and the uh, money put borehole H8. Shards of pottery was recovered at the astounding 192 feet underground. No other human made object was recovered on Oak Island at that depth. Wow. The imitation Chinese porcelain on these hard and these hand painted. Pearlware pottery fragments suggest they were originated from the Stanfordshire England from 1780 to 1800. Good evening, Slickster. Hello, Becky. Money pit, borehole H8, leather book binding. Leather book binding was found at 160 feet underground. Along with bits of parchment, this could be a clue that supports a theory that Sir Francis Bracken once visited the island to bury Shakespeare's original manuscripts. Uh, There you go. Yep, and I
1: think Daniel thinks he was there and he did
0: do that. I think. Hello, Michelle's in the house. Hello, Michelle. Hi, Michelle. And, of course, borehole H8, human bone. Samples of human bone dating back to the 17th century were found during a dig in the money pit. DNA testing shows that these bones came from two individuals, one of European descent and one of Middle Eastern descent. We all know about this, right?
1: Right. Well, i sure like to know how they got there.
0: And then the parchment. Found at 160 feet underground, this parchment and leather book binding could be clues that support a theory that Shakespeare's original manuscripts could be buried in the money pit. Tom Burns thinks the ball property has some important history to disclose. I don't think it goes back to the original workings, though.
1: I agree, Tom. I'd like to know more about Samuel Ball. Yep. Was he a spy for the military? It'd be nice to know.
0: Unbelievable. And of course, we've got to go to the swamp. The 1952 Spanish Mervedilla discovered in the swamp during the first season by the Laginas and their team. This copper coin from 1652 suggests that there was activity on Oak Island long before the 1795 discovery of the money pit. Hello, Aaron. Obviously, we're finding out a lot of things happened way before 1795,
1: Judy. Yes. Uh,
0: that they wear for sure. Then Slixer says, yeah, the manuscripts might be there with big drill holes through them. Yep. In the swamp, the Spanish galleon spike, the wrought iron spike dating from the 1600s to the 1700s would have been used to nail down decking boards of a Spanish galleon. This discovery could be another clue that a Spanish galleon and his treasure could have been sunk in the Oak Island swamp, which we have to look at when they dug out that one 10 foot below sea level hole to find that wood and to find that ship's rail. Remember that, Jury?
1: I do very clearly, John, and I hope that they find it one way or the other this season.
0: That there is a ship there. Yep. A keyhole on lot nine. This decorative keyhole plate was found during a metal detection excursion on a lot owned by Tom Nolan, the son of Fred Nolan. Nolan believed that treasure had been recovered in at least 11 shallow sites around Oak Island. Could this keyhole be part of the chest similar to Captain Anderson's sea chest hello jazz deal i hope fred nolan plotted out the 11 shallow sites around oak island so we can reevaluate what he thought you know oh, I, hope
1: I hope so john We miss having him and
0: Dan, for sure. Yep, and the professor says, I believe Captain Anderson and Captain Rogers were spies as well. Wow. On Lot 8, the garnet pin discovered why metal detected on Lot 8, this gemstone brooch dates back to early as the 16th century and is considered the first piece of valuable treasure found by the Laginas and their team. I was pretty excited when they found this thing.
1: Yeah, it was. It was exciting. Especially when you got to watch Gary.
0: Yep. yep. Tom
1: Burns said that the spike could also be Portuguese. They never talk about them for some reason. And I do believe that the Templars, one of their last strongholds was in Portugal, I think. Hmm.
0: Now, on Lot 26, the Roman pilum found during a metal detection search. This pilum was discovered on Lot 26, once the home of 18th century privateer Captain James Anderson. Testing showed that the shaft is made from an iron mix with manganese and could date back to the ancient Roman Empire century B.C. 500 A.D. There's some old stuff, Judy.
1: Yep, sure is. Boy, it goes back a long way. And Daniel, yes, I now remember that they changed their name, did they not, the Templars, to the Knights of Christ in Portugal.
0: Yep. Then they called this Samuel Ball slave tag on Lot 24. The discovery of the tag with the name Ball engraved on it might have belonged to Samuel Ball. A freed American slave who became one of Nova Scotia's wealthiest landowners. Is it possible Ball found some of the treasure? Well, it's got Ball name on it, so.
1: It's got to be his.
0: Yep. The gold-plated brooch. On lot twenty-one, the first confirmed gold object found in Oak Island. This brooch dates back to the early as the fourteenth century. It continues to be a mystery if this brooch is a piece of buried treasure or was once property of a resident. We don't know. Never found out.
1: No, never did.
0: On lot 21, the, the decorative, the decorative uh, lead piece, decorative lead piece, this artifact was unearthed near the site of Daniel McGinnis' old home on lot 21. Its design suggests an ancient metalwork technique called cloison. This object has an identical lead isotope of the lead cross, which means both came from the same pre-fifteenth century ore deposit. Wow. They also found a knife handle at uh, Daniel McGinnis's foundation. Also, I remember that.
1: Yes, I do too.
0: On lot twenty-one, French military cap badge. A French military cap badge found on lot twenty-one might be from a French grenadier's hat from the seventeen hundreds. This artifact could be evidence of the Deck and Ville Exposition in 1746, an armada of 97 ships and 13,000 men that were launched by France in an attempt to size Nova Scotia from the British and was led by the member of the ancient royal La Hall family. Now, don't those names sound familiar?
1: Right. <laughs> they certainly do.
0: Lusenberg. Lulenburg, Lusenberg. Yeah. After a while... The stuff has to either come together or be thrown away that it just doesn't match. You know what I mean?
1: Right. I agree.
0: Yeah, Jenny, I think they said it was a plate from a gun other than a sleeve tag. But this is what came off the History Channel, so that's what they're saying. So everybody's got their different opinions on what they put in there. Lot 2, the 1797 cartwheel penny. While well, searching a Lot too, Gary Drayton discovered a cartwheel penny with the description of King George III, made in 1797. I don't know how much they can go by coins that they find. I mean, it's an indicator, but does it really indicate the date of anything else to tie in, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I agree. Daniel says he's just about ready to post about Lewisburg and the Rochelle I am anxious, Daniel, to find out more about the Rochelle
0: And here we're going to go for a little trip to uh, Wolfville, Judy. Okay. Hop in the car and here we go. You ready? I'm ready. Yeah, Karen, I never heard of it myself, but that's what, like I said, it came off the History Channel where I got these, um, I got this information. The guy in the middle, Captain Anderson. And what was the name of his ship? Betsy. Okay. The name of Captain Anderson's ship was Betsy. Now, did they Hmm. find that big, what was it, 100-foot dock, stone dock off the island? Was that for Betsy to be uh, parked there, Judy? What do you think?
1: Yeah, it could very well be. Looks like a big ship.
0: Mm Yep. I don't know if that's the exact ship, but that's what they show. And they did say on the show that it was a big ship.
1: Darlene says Wolf- Wolfville is a beautiful little town. We stopped there as well. <laughs> she said she had a car named Bessie.
0: Betsy. Well, and we went to go see Steve Atkinson, a descendant of Captain Anderson. of course, Captain Anderson sold his lot to who? Sam Ball. Great. Lot
1: 26. Daniel said he was a privateer before and after the war.
0: I heard they are bringing in the uh, sea chest of Captain Anderson, if you remember this show. And he passed away in 1796, you know, one year after they found the, uh, the money pit.
1: Right. I would like them to have shown us more of what was in that chest.
0: And here is uh, the people opening up the chest. And there was, there's the stuff inside the sea chest. Very cool. You know what I mean, Judy? Very cool.
1: It really is. Oh, I'd like to get in that chest.
0: And of course, uh, Captain Anderson was a Mason. That was said on the show.
1: Yes. Um, Darlene says she read and heard. Um, another recent theory that Oak Island may very well be tied in with the Confederate goals. I have no idea. I don't know, but it's interesting.
0: And here we go. I was looking for any kind of Details on this stuff, but I really couldn't find anything. Okay. Stuff for like inside the chest. Yes. Cool to have, like, if you had an ancestor and uh, you have the old sea chest, you know what I mean? it would be great to just look through the paperwork.
1: Oh, I would love it. <laughs>
0: And that's where he's reading that he is a mason. Yes, you're and, right. And he passed away in 1796. And of course, the three keys. You got one key for that chest. What are the keys for on the other stuff. You know what I mean, guys?
1: Two more chests somewhere.
0: There's the three keys. There's two more chests someplace else. And then they were talking about when uh, Joan McGinnis said there were three chests, but then she was confused. Once we get around, we can ask her again. It was either a three-way split or a sack, or a three-way split. There was not three chests that they found. Right. According to what she said that was told to her. And that's obviously the cross that's been handed down to the McGinnis family. And that's another picture of the uh, sea chest. What do you think of that guys?
1: That was good, John. Very good. Wow. That is some chest.
0: <laughs> and the professor says you had Captain Anderson, Captain Rogers, and Sam Ball in New York at the same time during the war. And there you go. Wow. Add them all together, Uh-oh. Professor. Add them all together. Add 'em them all together. They're doing something.
1: For darn sure.
0: Then I always wanted to post this. Tammy's not here, but she posted me a picture when she's on and doing her thing with the, when the show was on, uh, Judy. Uh-huh. And I'm like, yeah, I got to show everybody this picture. I showed it a long time ago. I mean, I really don't want to know when I'm on big TVs and I made a house and people are having an Oak Island party and I'm on like their 75 inch TV or whatever. (laughs) But, uh, I got to show you guys this picture.
1: Please.
0: Hold on. I'm going to bug out and I'm going to put this picture up. Hold on.
1: She has you all over the place. Wow.
0: Now, can you imagine that?
1: (laughs) Never dreamed you'd get there, did
0: you? Oh, my lordy 40. Is John Stummer plastered all over the place? (laughs) I just wanted to wish Tammy uh, uh, good health. I hope she's on the positive side. I haven't heard from her. What we're all thinking about you.
1: I talked to her Wednesday night, John, and uh, she was to have surgery on Thursday to help with her pain, but she had developed a bad sinus infection, so they have now put it off. So she is in pain, okay, but she sounds really good, and her um, she's very, very optimistic and up.
0: All right, that's good. That's good. Yes, it is. But that's a lot of John's, Linda says, yep and, but that's but that's Tammy getting everything going, YouTube, Facebook, I mean she's been with me a lot of years, and she's the best and Tammy, if you're listening to this on the radio, uh we all wish you uh, a positive vibe from us uh, seventy thousand people.
1: We do, Tammy, hang in there on. <clears throat>
0: All right, I got one more thing to show, and it's about research. I don't know if you guys remember this Mike West. He's from GenTech Limited. He's the one that put all the PVC pipes in the money pit. Let me see if I can shake your guys' memory here.
1: Yeah, you might have to.
0: <clears throat> There's Mike West.
1: Oh, I remember now. Yes, I recognize him.
0: Darlene, I don't really talk about that show since they had painted bricks that somebody was uh, scamming them. Um, I don't talk about that show at all. even though information might be pertinent. I don't talk about that show at all. Sorry, oh, darling. You remember that yes, one?
1: Too that John, because the history there was really good.
0: Yes, Not I'm, I'm saying it. the history was good, but when they're right. showing you and, and edging you on and somebody knew the same direction and spot they were on, Lake Michigan, and they'd let us on, even though they got to show us everything that they were painted bricks, not gold. I put the X on that whole show. You know, sorry to Mar- right. Marty and everybody else, but if if you know it's painted bricks, you don't put that in there. Either right. you, you not that you end the show, but you don't show us as the public. Oh yeah, somebody threw painted gold bricks in there. Yeah, after you watch the show so many weeks. And they show the brick this side, that side, this side, knowing that it's a painted brick. No. I hate it.
1: And they never did really come back after that, did
0: they? I hope the show went right off. I hope the public uh, wrote to them and saying, Hey, you knew there were painted bricks. You're 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 up in and in in episodes, and you knew they were painted bricks. Even though then the editors would say, well, if we don't tell you, then you're saying you're not going to show us everything. But when you're editing something like that, as a viewer, that turned me right off. Pink pink.
1: Yeah, they could have left it out for sure.
0: Or just mentioned it, not showing, you know what I mean? Right. So you hit a sore spot on my on my end. But that's my own personal opinion. Some people like the show. That's good for them. So this is Mike Wells, or Mike uh, Mike West, and he owns a GenTech Limited. Yup, Tom, and now you got me crazy. Darlene's got me spiked now. <laughs>
1: Yes, Daniel, you're right. There was treasure uh, stashed by the Knights of the Golden Circle.
0: Yep, And this is where I'm saying where all the PVC pipes were.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And he put his detector down each one of these holes. And I'm pretty sure he went down to bedrock. And that's why I'm saying if they didn't go deeper... I mean, they have all this information, obviously. And here's all the holes they're going to do with their PVC pipe around the money pit area. And here's the uh, apparatus they put down the hole. electronic magnetic field that's about two foot around the end that would detect a metal object or pieces of metal there it is about two foot around it detected you know what I mean Judy
1: Yes, I see. I remember. It's all coming back
0: now. Now, when they pulled this out of the hole, they had a reading every two inches. Let me repeat that. They had a reading every two inches. And at about 160 feet, there was a large metal Object. This is before they dropped the case on H8. You got to remember, this is before the case on H8. it would pick up some kind of metal detection. And it went down 160 feet. See it going down that PVC pipe?
1: Yeah, I do. Well, there was something there.
0: But when they put the case on in, we came up empty even though this information's all there it's just ghosts ghost hits I guess they went down to 210 feet so when they're saying and I'm saying they didn't go deeper how much deeper do they have to go 300 feet deep you know what I mean guys that's why I'm putting this up there Okay, if they're not finding anything, they're in the wrong area, or they didn't go deeper. Here we're seeing how deep they're going already, and as you see on the screen, it's 210 feet. See that, Judy?
1: Yes. So how how deep can they go?
0: Aaron thinks I believe it was the piece of iron they pulled out in the later episode. Aaron, it could be the uh, shield on the bottom of uh, head and shaft that was a protection on the bottom of the shaft. Right. I thought of that myself. Could be. It could be. You remember that piece, right, Judy?
1: I do very clearly, yes. And that's certainly possible.
0: Out of H8. Some of that pottery. And of course, the bones. And there they are, hitting another thing at a hundred and fifty seven feet. Linda Fool's Gold, yet the pirate. So, they were getting all kinds of hits down there. So, this obviously tied into why they put the uh, case on in H8. You know what I mean, guys?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Unbelievable. Alrighty. You're going to put the phone number up there. So wants to call in, let us know in text, then we'll go from there. What'd you think of that show? I don't know. Try to put together something a little different. I don't know.
1: I think it was good. I enjoyed myself very much. It's nice to be uh, able to remember
0: things. Yeah, you know, we go to sort of a, uh, you know, backtrack on things because a lot of things I remember, a lot of things I forget, and it's always good to backtrack. I mean, people look at uh, reruns, but I like to pick things out of each episode that are pertinent. You know what I mean, Judy?
1: Yeah, and yeah, and I'm glad you do it that way. <laughs> I don't have the patience
0: for it, so I'm glad you do. Hello, prom. How are you? And like you said, we're going to be doing uh, the lost gold of World War II. When it ever comes back, I have no date on that. And uh, we'll be programming. We'll be programming from. There's uh, a the call. If you're going to call in please send a text message first on chat. Thank Tom you, Tom. Tom
1: Burns is leaving for the night. Good night, Tom.
0: But um, let us know if you're going to call in in the chat, and then Judy will get off first. Just don't call the number the minute I put it up. But if somebody just called, Let me see here. Barbara, did you try to call? I can't... I'm getting a delay here, Judy. Okay. Somebody's trying to call, Judy.
1: All right, I'll hang up then.
0: Okay, hold on. Go ahead.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, all right, I'll hang up. All right, bye. Bye. Hello? Hello, is this John?
0: This is John. Who am I speaking to?
2: Hey, how's it going, John? I talked to you, I think, a couple weeks ago.
0: Is this Neil?
2: No, you're trying to call? Dave.
0: This is Dave?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I I called in uh, in, uh, to talk to you about the Oak Island show.
0: Okay, Dave, you're on live.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I turned off my stream, though, so that it wouldn't create an issue.
0: Yeah, a lot of times, too, we try to say, you know, before you turn the stream off, just put in chat that you're calling in, so we know that Judy gets off the phone, and you get back on. You know what I mean?
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I, I just saw the number and um and I turned off the stream so that so that it wouldn't like uh what do you call it feedback or whatever. Yep.
0: But you're on live now. You got the show. Go ahead, oh, Dave.
2: All right. All right. Uh, so I, I'm just catching up with your stream. Were you were you mentioning that Sam Ball and and Adam or uh, Anderson Captain Anderson were all in New York at the same period?
0: Yep, that's our professor Daniel Spino. He does a lot of research. And okay. If and if you're on my group, the Quest of Oak Island, are you in my group?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I don't really have access to Facebook or anything like that.
0: Yep. So he said, yeah, yeah, they're all in New York at the same time.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's very interesting because the information and the research that I've done, it brings it forward, you know, um, brings those dates forward a little bit. And, yeah, I think that's exactly right. That Samuel Ball and, um, and, and my theory is Captain Kidd and I think there's some pretty tangible evidence that, that he was involved.
0: So you're putting captain Kidd in the mix.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, then he was in Madagascar and, uh, you know, it's just, uh, uh, there's just a lot of things. And, um, also some other, uh, really cool stuff that I found out, but, uh, I really don't know how to. I really don't know how to explain most of it. You know what I mean?
0: Now, how did you research it? By by what, David?
2: Well, okay, yeah, maybe that maybe that's more helpful. Um, basically, I was on another quest, uh, actually a religious journey, um, researching uh, various aspects of Freemasonry. And religious aspects okay. of things.
0: All right.
2: Okay. So basically, there's certain religions in the United States that are essentially um, come straight out of Freemasonry. Okay. Mormonism, the Jehovah's Witnesses, the Branch Davidians, al- al- almost. Almost all of the strictly American religions all came out of Freemasonry.
0: Interesting. Very interesting.
2: Well, yeah. And, um, you know, a lot like the Nazis, the the Freemasons kept immaculate records. Uh, You know, and they're, but you have to be a Freemason to access them.
0: Yeah, their own special private libraries that I guess are all over the place.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and um, all of the stuff that's intertwined in there—the shepherds of Arcadia, uh, Shakespeare—I uh, don't know what you, what is it, Sir Walter, Walter Raleigh, Francis Drake—all of those things, the codes, the encryptions with John Dee—is a very uh, those, those people are all involved. They're all involved in Oak Island. It's, yep. not really, it, it's not really. It's not really speculation. I don't think at this point.
0: I hear you. I hear you. Well, what got you interested in researching the Oak Island part of it?
2: Well, the, the like I was saying, this other quest, the same players were involved, the same people. Okay. Okay. So then. When I found out about Oak Island, and to be honest with you, I I was very skeptical, you know? Yep. And at at first brush, or maybe even second or third brush, you know, I guess the very first information you you normally find out is that, uh, what was it, Uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt and other famous Freemasons were on the hunt there, right?
0: Correct, correct, yep.
2: Okay, so if they're all on the hunt... That means that they all know something's there.
0: Right. They're looking for something that somebody told them something is there. Where it is on the island, they have no idea, but they know something's there. Otherwise, they wouldn't even be bothered being on the island. Correct?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And they were looking for and And so the fact that they were looking for it, okay, because remember, that could be a ruse. They could have said that they were looking for it, and they could have very well found it, just like you pointed out at that that sea chest that you're you're seeing there. You know, that looks like to me that sea chest looks like a private item. That doesn't look like a, a bullion haul. You know, no, that it's, looks like a sea c- chest.
0: A sea chest is separate on the ship, like in your living quarters. That's why it's in such a good shape, because a sea chest mm-hmm. has nothing to do with a a treasure chest that's something like you had, like a foot locker at the end of your bed in the early days
2: yeah but he i guess he had some of those with the cross in there and the coin but you know there was another thing that i that came up while i was uh, thinking about this this week and i thought wow i would really like to call that john guy again and tell him because i know you were interested in the bag right you were, the the, um, the different items that were in the vault.
0: Yep, uh, br- uh, Michael and uh, Oliver's vault, they had three little items that they drew in yeah. there that looked like a chest yeah. and a bag. and a, I mean, of all things to draw long yeah. time ago, why draw them-looking items, you know what I mean?
2: Well, I was watching these videos on the ancient Sumerians and almost every one of their massive monuments, they have their gods, and they have a bag, and they always have a bag in their hand, and it looks similar to that bag.
0: Unbelievable.
2: I don't know if it is, or maybe it's just a coincidental or something, but I thought, wow, that that would be really interesting to tell you about, you know?
0: Yep. Yep. That's what I... That's what I interest- think
2: it is God Marduk, Marduk, or something like that, I and mean, he carries... He carries this bag, you know, and that's the ancient Sumerians. We're talking, and that's how far this goes back. Right. Okay. <clears throat> Honestly, a lot of things, in my opinion, my some of my theories go way, way out there. You know, you have the involvement of the Freemasons in levels of government like someone named, uh, President Dwight
0: D. Eisenhower. Right. Eh? Yep, they're all involved. We'll never know.
2: Yeah. Well, their families. Uh, you know, he went to. Uh, it, 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 there's a direct. Uh, I can say that there's a direct tie-in to Oak Island with Eisenhower, too. In fact.
0: And how do you yeah, say? Can, how, how do you say that? How? What, what makes you say that?
2: Well, through his proximity to Bannerman Island, which is near, uh, uh, very near, uh, West Point. Okay. Okay. And, um, President Eisenhower, President Eisenhower was, um, was a Freemason, I think. I suspect. Hmm. I don't know that for a fact.
0: Yeah. But, um, good uh, chance. Good chance. Real good chance.
2: He was, he was tapped to get into West Point. And very few people know this, but his mother went with him. His mother went with him. Ida Eisenhower went with Ike to West Point. Uh, and I think he was 14 or 15 years old. He was very young. I don't know, 16 maybe? Already. And she lived there with him at West Point, I think, for a year. Hmm but um, another really mysterious fact is most people don't know that that, uh, that I uh, Dwight D Eisenhower's father, David Eisenhower, was one of the founders of a religion called the Jehovah's Witnesses.
0: Hmm.
2: But at the time, they were called Bible students. Already. Okay.
0: Unbelievable. Now, how do we get back to Oak Island, though?
2: You want to go back to Oak Island? I'll tell you. Um, the the head of the Jehovah's Witnesses, yeah. Charles Taze Russell, bought a little pro- piece of property, and you know where that property was. Where? Well, that property was, um, and it's a very famous. The Watchtower has the bu- had buildings there for years that said Watchtower on it but it's um, it was on the the, uh, Brooklyn ocean front there at the exact place that Captain Kidd built the Cater Merchant
0: so he didn't own any uh, land on Oak Island then what they didn't own any land on Oak Island then right
2: well Jehovah's Witnesses, you say?
0: Correct. Or who? Yeah, correct. The Jehovah's Witnesses, correct. Oh, no, 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 no. That was much later. I mean, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, you're looking at 1874. Oh, okay. Way late. Okay.
2: Okay. So that's what I'm saying is that I have information that brings this whole story up into the 1819 hundreds.
1: Okay. See? Because,
2: uh, okay, because. The other person, the the person that actually owned the land, was a person named Robert Livingston.
0: That and name, Ro- uh, Robert, that name seems so Lincoln. familiar, Livingston. Where the heck did I hear that name before?
2: Well, he was the governor. I believe he was the governor of of New York, or maybe New Amsterdam before it was even New York. Okay. Captain Kidd married the governor of New Amsterdam's wife.
0: That's she, right.
2: He died. He died, and he married her. That's okay. right.
0: That's right. I remember that. I think our professor Daniel Spino had that on our web page about uh, the governor's wife marrying uh, Captain Kidd, right?
2: Oh, yeah. And uh, I can tell you. Variously, there are th- scattered throughout New York, throughout the city of New York, there are other No One's crosses. There are other trees of life. <clears throat> you just have to know where to look. They're right, they're right in front of you, but they're they're there. Just, um, just like uh, there's three, three. Uh, well, there's there's the uh, what is that thing called? It's a, uh, it's not a pyramid. It's a, uh, it's almost like a pole, but it's like a pyramid. Hmm. I forget what they're called. An obelisk? Ob- ob- no, ready? You there?
0: Yeah, I'm still here.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's, there's one of those, too. The, the, um, all of, uh, a lot of the features that were initially in the city... Mm-hmm. And they all point to each other, pointing for, to uh, one to Norwin's cross, and then across over to Glasgow, and all over the world, man.
0: It's unbelievable what you find that's right in front of you, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. yeah. And I think, I honestly think that the arc is, is radioactive, and that's why the belt has to be submerged, because that's what you do with radiation. You put
0: it in a, you put it in a, um, put it in a um, pool of some sort. Right. You need protection, but we got, we can't get answers about little things. How the heck are we going to get an answer about if the arc's radioactive? You know what I mean. We try to get little answers for little things that we can't even get. That's one of the big questions that we'll probably never get until they actually find something like that. You know what I mean, David? Well.
2: You know, just think of how many hands you know how many hands that it that things pass through. The I got the book that uh Ontara book or whatever by David Rue or Donald Rue or whoever.
0: Right. I was look I was looking at that and that almost all of it completely jives with what I
2: know. Yep, exactly Banterman Island now if you want, um, if you want to even get more specific Robert Livingston the person that owned where the where captain's Kid pirate ship was built was a guy named Robert Livingston his ancestor Robert Livingston his cousin which I think was like a hundred years later if you look up his property his property is very near. Where the skulls of Cremona
1: or whatever were found. In fact,
2: in fact, actually, they found those on, on that property, on the property that was gifted from R Livingston to his nephew.
0: Yep, and that's what Michael and Oliver were uh, deciphering, and they had me blo- uh-huh. and they had me blown away with the uh, Cremora documents and showing the uh, the vaults, mm-hmm. the vault system. And they're still detailing that as we speak, but uh, that was great information they pulled from the Cromorra, uh document.
2: Oh yeah, and oh, you know yeah, then, was...
0: but I don't force anybody to believe, you know, what yeah. I pre- I present. It's either they believe it, they don't believe it, they say it's hogwash or it's faked or it's not real. Mm-hmm. That's up to the people listening to me. That's up to the people that's presenting their theories. And if people believe them, great. If they don't believe them, great. So, you know, I just put it out there, and it's up to them to determine. You know what I mean? But I loved it. I loved their theory. Um, oh, yeah. And, I mean, if you can put an X on the spot and, and dig here and don't dig there because you'll, you'll pierce the seal, there's a lot of factors that if they keep on drilling holes, they'll just be doing more damage to the thing mm-hmm. if it's there. To when they find it, it might be just, you know, just damaged beyond repair. You know what I mean?
2: Oh well, it all ties back in. It all ties back into uh, President Eisenhower. Okay, so he was involved with that. Then he went to the. He went to uh, what is it? He went to West Point, and then Eisenhower in the fifties. He or in the forties, he becomes the commander. He becomes. Uh, he wrote a book. To, the book is called the The Last Crusade. Okay, if that doesn't tell you he's a Knights Templar, right? I don't know what could. You that's that was his book that he wrote about. Uh, I guess being the supreme commander, which is another Knights Templar position, I I believe.
0: Yep, that's a that's a title for a Templar. Yes, it is
2: uh-huh uh-huh cuz they had the commandery and then he was this what was what was eisenhower he was the supreme allied commander yep. european european division or european the european theater i think that's what it was
0: yep yeah. but uh good night linda and uh, tt says michael and oliver haven't done anything since they were on my show i think they may have been contacted by the show what do you think tt I talked to Michael a couple days ago. They're doing fine. They're, uh, rehorning on their, uh, research, making it tighter and they're doing fine. That's all I can tell you. I asked them the same thing. All of a sudden you're on my show and you haven't, uh, been posting any videos or anything. And, um, he's doing fine. Like I said, I spoke to him two days ago. They're, uh, refining their, uh, uh, Vault Theory, they're getting it nice and sharp. So he's doing fine. Hello, Michael and Oliver out there. They'll let us know what's going on the minute, uh, they do it. So, uh, David, I had to tell the people, some of them are leaving chat cause I've been on for a while. Oh
2: man, I'm really sorry.
0: No, no problem. We're going to button it up. Uh, you have anything else to say before we button it up for tonight?
2: Oh no, I just said I'm really glad that I talked to you and, um, uh, I thought that you really like that bag thing. You might want to look at some of the pictures of it and see if it looks similar to you. I don't know. It does kind of looks cool. But thank you so much, man.
0: David, I thank you so much for calling in. Have the great rest of the night. Thanks for calling in. You Thanks, too. David.
2: All right, man. Thank you so much, Sean. Have a good one. Bye. You, you too.
0: Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Oh, my lordy-forty. Playground justice. Neil, I thought it was you. (laughs) And the professor says, look for my post tomorrow on the Shepherd's Monument, the Anson family, and Oak Island. Good night, Curtis. So uh, we're going to end it up here because I'm getting tired. It's a great show. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, remember, you guys, always go forward. You may get a setback, but always go forward, always. We believe in your dreams. No matter how old you are, just go for it. Do it. You stay positive. You be mentally tough. You be mentally strong. If not, please get help. There's a lot of help out there to help you out. Stay safe. Be positive. We'll keep you informed of what's uh, going on. Stay tuned to the chat in the group. I thank you for joining me tonight. I don't know if I'll be on Tuesday. Just check the group if I'm going to pop on, if we get got some more information. I like to keep If we have some information, sort of keep it for a Saturday night show instead of saying things on Tuesday. And I might pop on on Fridays uh, also for the early guys. So thanks for coming in. Stay safe. And thanks for joining me tonight. Good night.